Hello, and welcome to episode 79 of Joy Sounds, Music You Need to Know, a weekly podcast bringing you the brightest independent artists. I'm your host, Chris Sampson. Joy Sounds is presented in partnership with Music Connection. Through its daily website, weekly newsletter, and monthly print magazine, Music Connection is an acclaimed, proven resource for the entire music community. For more information, visit musicconnection.com. On this episode of Joy Sounds, we feature Nashville-based artist Bones Owens. Bones just released his self-titled debut album, which is filled with gritty songs inspired by hill country blues and swampy roots rock. Bones talks about the making of the record and shares three tracks, including Good Day, Blind Eyes, and Lightning Strike. You can also catch Bones in a full-length album live stream performance on Spin Magazine's Twitch channel on Thursday, March 4th at 5.30 p.m. Pacific, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Be sure to check it out. But now, let's get this episode started with Good Day by Bones Owens on Joy Sounds. was Good Day by Bones Owens. It's my pleasure to welcome to Joy Sounds, Bones Owens. Hey, Bones, how you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing pretty well. Thank you. Good. Very nice to connect with you. I dare say it sounds like you're having fun on that song. Yeah, the song was recorded, uh, the whole album was recorded pre-pandemic, so we were still having quite a bit of fun back then. <laughs> <laughs> the mood was a little different, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like this whole record, by the way, congratulations, you've got your self-titled debut out February 26th, so we're definitely looking forward to that. It sounds like this whole record was written for a live setting, so even though we're in a pandemic and I can't go out, 
it's like you're bringing the club to me with these tunes. It, was that part of your process? That's exactly what the um, this record and this collection of songs was. You know, I had a couple of EPs that I had sprinkled out there prior over the course of several years, but I wasn't touring my own stuff at that time. I was playing guitar for other people. And so I stopped playing guitar for other people and started doing my own thing full time. Uh, I started playing my own shows and I realized, man, I don't really enjoy playing these songs live or I enjoy playing them live. It's too much slow kind of melancholy stuff. I need some energy. So that's kind of, you know, I started writing songs with the live show in mind and then in typical me fashion, I just went overboard and the whole record is pretty much that vibe. You know, it doesn't take you for maybe as much of a ride as some other, you know, things. It kind of stays in that gear that has the live show in mind. We might need that gear right now, like reminder of what it's like to get out and have a beer in a club and just have a good time. And so um, you obviously wrote and recorded this pre-pandemic, so you had no idea that this was probably going to be a timely record for us to have to remind us <laughs> that music is fun and music is intended to go out and be amongst our friends, right? I mean, this is, uh, the world changed on you a bit. It did. You know, actually, we released the first single of the record on March 13th, which was sort of the day that that's right. Everything, <laughs> it light the song "Lightning Strike" that I think we'll listen to later. It came out on that day, and it happened to be also a Friday the thirteenth. So I should have known. Maybe <laughs> the whole thing might just be my fault. Yeah, right. It all just lined up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So if we're if we're looking for the 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 reason for the past nine months, we should we should check out March thirteenth, "Lightning Strike." Maybe it's Bones. <laughs> I even got a tattoo that day that was like a couple lightning bolts that look like a. 13 because of the friday the 13th release date and uh some fans got it as well and my friend nathan got it who's one of my oldest friends in nashville he uh his house was struck by lightning like a week later no way and he had the lightning fresh lightning tattoo on his arm i could take a little blame for that but maybe not for the full pandemic you know? right <laughs> but hey more evidence that there's like some serious mojo with this record I, I would take that as like a positive reinforcement you also to to capture that live feeling recorded it live to tape right tell me a little bit about that process most of the music that is still my daily musical intake is older music my wife does a good job of keeping up with current music and i know that maybe being that I am a current musician, I, sh I shouldn't admit that I don't keep up with current music, but she keeps me, you know, somewhat up to date with, with what's going on. But as far as my, you know, my favorite records there, they were mostly done to tape. I love the sound of it. I love the approach. You don't have the ability to overcook or to overthink. You have to perform in the moment. And I think that brings something out of the performance because of the pressure of it. And I think there's the obvious sonic qualities of the warmth of the tape. I mean, di digital is great. There's a lot of great things about digital. And we, we do some overdubs and some things digitally after the fact, but the core of what we record, drums, bass, and usually rhythm guitar, is all done together in the room to tape. Somehow you can actually hear the chemistry between players 
on tape. You can actually hear that the three of you are playing together. And that's always been magic to me. I have no idea how that chemistry actually gets captured um, when people are in the same room playing together. But you can feel the difference, can't you? I've been fortunate to be able to do it several times in the past. I mean, the, the first records I, I made, not as Bones Owens, but first records I made when I got into making records and being in bands and things, we didn't have that. I, I consider it a luxury, really, to be able to record to tape. It's not something that's available everywhere, and it can be expensive, and you have to have somebody who has a good machine that's that's working well, and that anyway, all that sort of circles around to a relationship that I have with my friend Paul Moak, who has a great studio in Nashville called the Smokestack. I've done most of my solo records there with the exception of of just a few one-off songs my previous ep with him and this this full-length album with him and his studio is just full of killer analog instruments and recording equipment so you know it's like given the style of music that i do and given my influences and given that i I'm fortunate that one of my good friends has a studio that has all of the things <laughs> that I need. Uh, it's just, yeah, the stars kind of align. It's like, it would be silly for me to make a record uh, straight into Pro Tools. I mean, it's there and it's available to me. I feel very fortunate to get to record that way. And as you said, that's not where your sound, that's not where your influences are coming from. What I really appreciate when I listen to this album is that your your sense of reverence to your influences I can just tell by your playing, I can tell by your songwriting, you've got a deep knowledge of these traditions and you're able to sort of pay respect, but it's always still looking forward. And I just want to comment that it gives this record definitely a bit of a timeless quality to it. Thank you. I've collected records for a long time and started stealing records from my dad at a fairly young age. And (laughs) the things that have influenced me have grown, I guess I would say, like over over time um, as well. I mean, it started out as classic rock, Steely Dan and uh, Pretzel Logic. Oh, yeah. My dad, you know, had that record on vinyl when I was a kid. And then, and that's the record I first remember listening to on vinyl and like holding it in my hands. But I, I wouldn't say that there's a heavy Steely Dan influence in this album, but, but, you know, just, just a, you know, just a random point of reference. The first record for me, and I've said this before in other interviews, I think, but Creedence Clearwater Revival their sort of first greatest hits, the Chronicle album was like, I got that. And I was like, I was done, you know, was like, this is, this is my music anyway. It sounds like your dad and I have the same record. <laughs> I'm waiting for my sons to start stealing the records, but they haven't come in yet for some reason. <laughs> I'm going to have to make sure when my son gets a little older, that I'm less precious about my vinyl than I am right now. You know, <laughs> that's the funny thing is like my dad, he wasn't listening to his records anymore. By the time I got into it, you know, they were probably very cheap when he bought them. So he, he didn't mind that I was scratching the needle across his records constantly. And <laughs> and thumbing all over them and stuff but but yeah i mean my my appreciation for vinyl in particular carried on into adulthood where i started whenever like i said i played guitar for some other folks and whenever i would come home from the road one of my friends in particular who has a bar in east nashville 
would uh, let me come in and spin records and I would come in and, and do like a sort of a residency, a weekly dance party that was vinyl only. And, you know, when I started really digging into vinyl, I was like, man, it's too really too heavy and, and obtrusive to like bring crates of 33s in. So I started getting into singles and collecting 45s. And from there, really digging into and learning about a lot of music that I hadn't heard, like as I'm sitting in the record store, thumbing through old blues and R&B and soul and funk vinyls, you know, singles and like, I've never heard this, but I know this label, this is probably cool. Just sitting there at the listening station with a line of people behind me and probably a stack (laughs) of 75 records, just listening through, like discovering really cool songs. And I think the depth of just understanding and knowing what your reference is and knowing what you like and the more broad it is, I think that's like a water system or something. It sort of seeps into the the water table or whatever of your influence, of your mind or whatever. Yeah, it becomes part of your DNA, you know? Yeah, it's, it's clear that that's, that's deeply embedded in you when it comes out. You were saying that this record was written with the idea of having it as a live context and, and that you keep that energy up. But the song that you're actually going to play for us now, Blind Eyes, does have a contrast. It gets a little darker and it gets a little um, introspective. So tell us a little bit about this song, Blind Eyes. Yeah, you're right. This is one of the few that kind of uh, sort of drops down into more of a somber tone. And, and I think the main difference in this song that from a writing perspective was this is the only song on the record that was written on piano instead of guitar. Part of it is that most of the record it's 12 songs, 10 of the songs I wrote by myself, two of the songs I co-wrote with friends. And uh, this song was also one of the two co-writes on the album. I wrote this song with my friend, Matt Thiessen. He's an accomplished songwriter and has done a lot, but uh, he's, he's one of my other oldest friends in Nashville and a uh, trusted friend. And I've written some songs for his records in the past. And so I felt right to bring him in on this one. And uh, we just sat, sat around. I don't have a proper piano at my house. So I went to his house and he's got a baby grand and we've written many songs at it over the years. And this was just kind of, this song came out of, of uh, an afternoon hanging out at his piano. Fantastic. So let's check this out. This is Blind Eyes by Bones Owens here on Joy Sounds.
And that was Blind Eyes by Bones Owens on his newly released debut album. Let me take a minute and tell you about our co-sponsor, Music Connection. Through its daily website, weekly newsletter, and monthly print magazine, Music Connection caters to artists, musicians, industry pros, and support services. For years, Music Connection has been known for discovering new talent by reviewing unsigned artists, both through its live performance reviews and critiques of recordings. Music Connection never charges a fee for its reviews. Known for years as the Musician's Bible, Music Connection bridges the gap between the street and the elite. It exists to serve artists and music makers of all genres, offering connections to the unconnected and to provide expert, cutting-edge information that can help you take your music to the next level. Whether offering tips on raw survival or exclusive contact lists of industry pros like managers and label representatives, Music Connection is an acclaimed, proven resource for the professional and semi-pro musician. So check it out at musicconnection.com. Now let's get back to our conversation with Bones Owens. And that was Blind Eyes by Bones Owens. Uh, yeah, great song. And I love, I love hearing the difference when songs are written on the piano rather than the guitar. There, it's a different approach, right? There's different voicings and just different types of songs emerge when you write on different instruments. I always find that fascinating. Yeah, it's true. And, and in fact, I've been looking to get a proper piano at my, at my house. My wife plays piano too, and much better than, than me, but piano was my first instrument. I started, my mom plays piano and started me in piano lessons when I was like six years old. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, uh, I mean, uh, different things come out and, and a quick, you know, aside as well. I had recently had this phone conversation through, through friend, through a friend connection, ended up um, speaking with uh, the producer Bob Rock a little bit recently, and uh, he was he was turned onto my music by his son, and so we've he, he's out in Maui, but we've had a few phone conversations over the pandemic and been talking about maybe doing something in the future, and uh, he's got a wealth of you know amazing stories, and he he produced Metallica's Black Album, yeah. and, you know tons of other. Um, big records, but he was talking about working with um, Motley Crue and they were in the same studio complex as ACDC at the time. And he said, ACDC, like Malcolm and Angus were out having tea as they would daily in the lobby of the hotel or sorry, the, of the studio. And um, he said, he just, you know, walked through one day and picked their brain and i think it, i can't remember if it was angus or if it was malcolm but he, he asked them um you know out of curiosity like where do your riffs come from where are you writing your riffs and he was like and we we write everything on piano and and what? transpose it to guitar <laughs> i don't know if it's true or not and he said i he said i thought he was pulling my leg at first and like just messing with me but but he was like i i actually think uh, he was, you know, he insisted that that's actually the case. So I don't know. I can't verify for sure that that's true, but I'm just saying like, Love it. if so, I should start writing on piano a little more often. Right. You know, clearly some of the greatest rock and roll riffs ever may have been created on piano and, and transposed to guitar. All right. My, my mind is blown. <laughs> it really seems that your environment, your personal space is really important to your creative process. Your space contributes a lot to your writing is that is that true yeah absolutely um i uh i grew up in in rural missouri and my mother owned an antique shop for a few years and we lived 
above it in this old Victorian house. And so I grew up around a lot of knickknacks and I grew up <laughs> around, I grew up around collections as well, you know, and, and my parents um, are both collectors of, of different things, but yes. Yeah, so collections and knickknacks and little memories and little things like that are important to me and being surrounded by them. I just, I, not to be, I'm, I'm not fully one of those people that believes of like, maybe like energy and, in items and maybe some items, but, uh, but I do feel, you know, for instance, my grandfather's probably my most, my, my favorite possession in my little room that I write in is a, a bunch of arrowheads that my grandfather collected whenever he, he used to work in these orchards, uh, most of wow. his life. Wow. And, um, so, uh, my grandmother took all these arrowheads that he found and put them on this big, you know, this display, like kind of framed display thing. And, and made this thing back whenever uh, she was pregnant with my dad's brother. And anyway, my grandparents passed and I always loved that thing. And it was always hanging on their wall in my grandpa's den. And so I have it now. And, you know, certain things like that I see every day, they bring me happiness. And I walk in the room and I see them and remind me of, of you know, love and remind me of just good memories, you know. And I feel like I've written songs and in blank white rooms in publishing offices before. Right, right. And I've written, even written pretty good songs in rooms like that. But when I'm writing by myself, you know, I'm just going to be in a space. I want it to be that, that particular room just works for me. I you know, I guess. Yeah. I don't know what to say. That's a, that's a long winded way to say, yes, uh, all of those things are, yeah, they're important. They're important to me, you know, and they do contribute to the vibe, I guess. I have also seen that you've had some really cool placements um, with Fox Sports as part of some uh, um, part of some of that their NFL coverage, which I think is really cool. How'd that come about? Yeah, man, uh, I met this uh, this guy. His name's Ryan Hamilton. He's a producer at Fox Sports. We, I believe, we met backstage a couple times, uh, or I think I've met him. But I think I met. I think we met before we ever really knew each other when I was playing guitar for someone else. And, and anyway, I, I just, it, it was the, it was the most random thing. It, it, they've been using my music for a couple years now uh, for NFL and NASCAR events. Okay. And, um, and I love both of those sports. I mean, I'm, I'm not the biggest NASCAR junkie. I don't watch all the races, but um, you know, I have some close friends that are really, really into it. And like mm -hmm. I said, mm -hmm. I'm from rural Missouri. So, you know uh, it's, NASCAR and things of that nature are still a little, they're a little bit ingrained in you, you You're know, right. <laughs> but, but football especially. And, and I love football. And so it's just been really cool. You know, I believe it all started with a random DM in my Instagram asking about maybe using something for, for, uh, I don't remember if the first thing was NFL or if it was NASCAR. And I was like, this can't be real. You know, right? this isn't real. <laughs> and, uh, and at the time too, you know, I didn't have a, any kind of record deal. Uh, I don't even remember if I had management, there wasn't a lot, you know, things were still growing and still building. And so to get something like that, you just, you don't think it's real. And it turned out to be real and amazing over time, you know, just a, a relationship developed and, and, and I, I would guess it, there's probably been anywhere from a dozen to, you know, a dozen plus, you know, uses for, um, for my music now. So that's great. And 
um, I get the sense that even if you're maybe not a killer NASCAR fan, uh, but you're a football fan, and just to see your music connected with that has got to be a thrill to watch two of your interests combine like that. Absolutely. I mean, it's it. I'm I'm already tuned in anyway. So yeah, yeah. It, it's that extra. <laughs> I was already going to be watching, and and a lot of my my buddies were already already going to be watching too. So it's it's just. Yeah, it adds the excitement of the of uh, of a Sunday, you know, for me. And uh, and yeah, it's just it's super cool. And they've done some, they've produced and edited together some some pretty cool pieces between the NASCAR and the NFL stuff. And so, and, and you know, I don't want to make it sound like I'm not a NASCAR fan. Like, right, just right. For anybody who, <laughs> just for anybody who cares, I've actually i've 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 watched a race in Talladega from the infield before, which is pretty intense yeah, okay. uh, but uh anyway yeah certainly didn't mean to suggest otherwise so. <laughs> <laughs> you're not you're not i think I, I think i might have but but yeah it's it's uh you know football season is coming to a close and and uh you know being from missouri i'm a big kansas city chiefs fan and so uh you know it, it was cool when they won the super bowl last year for the first time in 50 years uh, right after the the game, they they used one of my song, a song called "Long Long Time" from a previous record, and it just it fit really well. And uh, that was a super special moment. So I'm sure, yeah. Well, congratulations. Thanks. Love the record that's coming out, the self titled debut record, due out on February 26th. What's in store for you? I know probably all your energy is right now focused in and around this record and everything. But have you had a chance to sort of? reflect and look toward the future you got something planned and on the horizon for yourself well thank thank you by the way and um yeah it's it's been you know i i I never stop writing i never stop writing so i'm sitting on a batch of songs that are probably the majority of what the next record will be that you know that i've written this this year and uh we'll see whenever touring commences, you know, and, and, and all that good stuff. But as, as of right now, it's, it's just staying hunkered down and, and write and writing songs. Cause that's kind of the only thing I know to do. And, yeah. and when it comes time to play shows again, I think, you know, I certainly look forward to it. I think it's going to be a big, I think it's going to be like a, just a party, you know, I think everyone's going to be so on both, you know, from the stage and from the audience, I think everyone on both sides will just be so overjoyed to be able to do that again, yeah. that it will be, I think it'll be unlike anything that we've really seen. So I look forward to that, you know, but as far as uh, the timing of this is, has hit different, the, of this pandemic has hit different for a lot of people, you know, there's people that that had just released a record right when it hit who haven't been able to tour and support it. And, you know, this record was originally supposed to come out in July and, and we were able to push it back to February, a time closer to when we thought maybe things might be shows might happen again. And, you know, in the traditional sense, especially with rock music, you want to be able to get out and tour to support your record as much as possible. That's kind of the business model. Yep. And so, to not be able to do that is it it stings and of and of course that's just a part of uh it's a part of what brings happiness to me and and makes me feel like I'm doing the thing that I'm that I'm here to do yeah. so you know we'll we'll be I know everyone will be happy to get back to doing that and in the meantime you know 
it's uh we'll see we'll see how long this lasts but i i wouldn't i wouldn't i certainly wouldn't mind going back into the studio asap and releasing more music as soon as i can as well but uh, i i think there's some other people that might have uh, an opinion on <laughs> when, when i should or shouldn't do that or how quick i should or shouldn't do that strategy so, well, and discuss yeah all that yeah, kind of comes into play strategy yeah. thing, you know this record is my first time like i said i independently i don't know if i did say it but i independently released everything prior to this record so i would make it i would sit on it for a while and realize i just need to put this out and that's how it, <laughs> with no warning whatsoever <laughs> that's how i released my previous eps and and singles and everything so this is my first go around with 30 tigers and with um you know having marketing and having pr and having being able to release a record on vinyl and and having distribution and all these things uh so it's you know i'm learning a, a little lesson in patience that you know is certainly not the only lesson in patience that we've had to deal with this year and so I feel like I'm along for the ride and I'm, and I'm here to kind of like do whatever I can. Um, so it's nice having a team on board to help you out with that decisions and all of that. But I, I understand, I, I like the idea that it's a, it's an opportunity to practice patience. So we're, exactly. we're in that all together bones. It's been great. Like I said, I'm a fan of the record fan of your sound. And when we are on the other side of this, if your travels bring you to Los Angeles, I extend an open invitation for you to come by the studio here and we can continue our conversation, uh, live and maybe hear some music as well awesome yeah i want to dig into your your record collection a little bit there yeah man (laughs) (laughs) absolutely but before we go uh we want to close the show with the song that may have kicked off all these epic events lightning strike any interesting insights on on this particular song this song was the other uh co-written song on the record i wrote this song with uh kevin griffin from uh kevin griffin is the singer and front guy of uh, oh yeah sure of yeah. um better than ezra yeah who were you know a huge band in the 90s and um they're still going now but um kevin's great we we co-wrote this song the the first day i met him and um you know it's just kind of this is that kind of speaking of the live show in mind this song was written with that kind of smoky barroom dance hall kind of I, was, I don't know, you know, boogie kind of thing in mind. And uh, video's got that vibe, right? Yeah, the video was actually going to be, it was going to be probably a lot more literal kind of shot in a, you know, with a bunch of people dancing and whatnot. But, you know, pandemic hit and we we pivoted a little bit and, you know, decided that I would be like the only character in the video and I would play all of the, all of the characters, you know, just to make it safer and, and whatever. So, you know, so the, if you go to watch the music video, um, it's clearly me playing all the characters, but it was, you know, it was fun. It's that, if anything else, you know, other than patience, I think this whole last year has taught, taught us to, uh, you know, be open to change and be open to, uh, a pivot where it's necessary. And, you know, yeah, the, the video for this song certainly kind of came from one of those moments. So. Outstanding. Well, that's that's a nice sentiment for us to wrap up today's show. So, so appreciate it. Bones, what a pleasure, man. We wish you nothing but the best. Can't wait to hear more music for you as you roll it out. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. So to wrap up today's episode, this is Bones Owens with Lightning Strike here on Joy Sounds.
and follow Joy Sounds wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, follow us on all social media platforms using the handle at Joy Sounds Music. Are you an artist who would like to be on the show? Visit the contact page of our website at joysoundsmusic.com for more information. Until next time, this is Joy Sounds, music you need to know.